Are you having trouble breaking through the noise? You're not alone. The way we communicate with one another has changed drastically over the years. And today, we're gonna talk about the best way to connect with your people right now. Hey there, Church Communicator. Welcome to another episode of the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. I'm Brian Haley. And I'm Jeanette Yates. We're here to give you the communication tools and resources you need to thrive, no matter your title or role. That's right, and I'm so excited to welcome to today's episode our friend Amy. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's it's really awesome to be here this morning. Amy Cheney is part of an incredible organization, but you are much more than that. So I would love to have you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Thanks so much, Brian. I am Amy Cheney, and I currently, I, I made my way here for the work that I do uh, with Ken Meyer and company. And Ken Meyer has been one of my heroes for a long, long time. She is the greatest church communications guru that I've ever met. Before I worked with her, I had quotes from her book, Less Chaos, Less Noise, on my church communications office walls. And it's really a pleasure to uh, work with churches nationwide and help them to clear out some of that clutter and communicate really well so that we can do justice to the gospel, which is really what we're communicating at the end of the day. In addition to my work with Kim, I'm actually a school principal. I come to you right outside of Boston. I'm just a little north of Boston at a Christian school out here in New England where I get to be the principal to sixth through 12th graders. And I've also spent time as an educator, as a teacher. I've taught art. I've taught Spanish. I've, I was a teaching pastor for several years. Um, I was a church communications director. If you're listening, I've probably done your job at one point or another. So I really love the opportunity to be able to support people that are doing work that I myself have um, done in the past. So it's it's really great to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. And we love Kent Meyer and the work that you all are doing over Kim and Co. and her book as well. How did you get connected there and what's your role with Kim and Co? I, uh, I serve as a strategist on the team. And so Kim and I, we sometimes partner together and, and sometimes we have our own um, kind of solo projects. But I was connected to Kim through a mutual friend that I, I was on a church staff with someone who knew Kim. And again, like I said, she was like a celebrity to me. <laughs> and to be able to connect with her actually during the pandemic was when we started working together. We'd been working together for like two or two and a half years before we ever met in person, which was wild, like a truly 2020s experience. Um, but the work we do is really coming alongside church teams of all sizes. I mean, from mega church to small town, rural churches, and help them take whatever it is that they have in their community, whatever resources they have, and allocate them appropriately to the best ways to communicate to the people that they have in front of them. We have a few pretty key deliverable tools that we work with, but we also aren't a template agency. So we approach every single church or organization that we work with with like a very unique, very catered to them approach process and also the tools that they wind up with. So we work with some nonprofits and some for-profit organizations as well, not just churches. So we're also able to interact and, and gain like the best parts of all of those other kinds of sectors too, so that we can really help the church thrive. 
So as you're working with churches and you've been in it, you know, you've worked in a church yourself, and then now with Kim & Co., you're working with churches, like you said, nationwide. And also, of course, you're uh, engaging in the business space a little bit too. So you're getting the communication methods and trends and all of these things from all different directions. In your experience, how are churches communicating differently today than maybe they did, you know, a few years ago? It kind of depends whether we're talking about churches today doing it well or churches today who need our help. (laughs) But in general, I think that we're finding that we're in a space in time where and this is, I'm not going to be the first person you've heard say this, but folks are so saturated with information and um, stimuli from every single direction that what was once really helpful, you know, competing with uh, all of the noise around you, kind of screaming louder, posting more, sending more regular emails, adding the gift to the email. But we're coming to a point where that is just completely unsustainable. It's almost like the 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 bubble has burst sort of on the the noise that can be created by contemporary communication of all kinds. There's so much bad communication out there that to set yourself apart, you really need to do things a little bit differently. And so the reason that we have new clients all the time is that we have these smart people leading churches realizing what we've been doing just isn't working anymore. Simply posting three times a day on social media Like, that's not the answer. That's not actually going to further your mission. So what is the answer? And that depends a little bit on the the local community and um, constituencies in that church itself. But the pendulum is kind of swinging in the other direction. Rather than screaming louder, we talk a lot about the power behind a whisper. What happens when you actually cut through the noise and communicate differently than the rest of the world? So it's so interesting that you're talking about this because I've recently seen, because of course I'm in the, my day job is a business. You know, I work for a business. We also work with churches, but we're a business. And so I, I'm in the algorithm of, you know, all the business people. And there's a lot out there right now about how that they're, you know, 250 pieces, so-and-so creates 250 pieces of content a week, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, of course, how you can use AI to help you do this. And it's, and if, and that's just feeding to your point of it, people are still produce, you know, trying to produce a lot of content and just pushing more and more and more out. And AI is only going to probably make that even more so. So what you're talking about is really flipping the script on that. And I just love that idea. And I love that you're bucking the, <laughs> with the other, other um, what, what, who might be considered an expert are saying, I love that idea. Do you want to go into a little bit about that concept of breaking through the noise with a whisper? I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, something really accessible. We've been talking now for a long, long time about you know, how many impressions are your posts getting? How can you kind of beat the algorithm so you have the most eyes on your post? That still matters to a degree. I'm not throwing it all away, but I'm much more interested in your engagement rates, much more interested. I'm far less um, enticed by offers from, you know, marketing companies that are saying, we'll get you this many million impressions. I'm like, great, how many clicks are you gonna get? How many people are gonna actually darken my doorway? And I just think those are different metrics. And we've been in such an impressions-based communications economy for the last decade or so, a decade and a half. 
and I think the tides are really changing. AI, you're 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 very right, is going to just make the the room louder. It's going to increase the noise. But we also have mechanisms within AI and within greater um, like technologies that will allow us to focus who our audience is even more. And I can't stress how important that is enough, even to churches who will well, I'll say, who's your audience? And they're like, the globe yeah. said, no, 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 no. Like, who's your actual audience? All nations. It says it in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is why we have millions of churches, right. uh, local churches, right? And that ability to really hone in and focus and, you know, your, I mean, no disrespect, but every uh, local small town church is not, it's not, its purpose cannot be to reach everyone on the planet. So who are you reaching and how are you going to do that? Who are you talking to? I think that this concept of, you know, the power behind a whisper is biblical in and of itself. I think that God doesn't always yell at us. Sometimes he shows up in very subtle ways and he whispers when it's really important. And uh, something very kind of practical that I think about all the time with everyone I work with are the the church bulletin, which became the weekly email, which inevitably takes two whole days of a communications director's week to produce and edit and get approval for. And is that adding to, in like, is that inbox hit an add to the noise or... Are you communicating things when you actually really have to? If there's an important event, a standalone email, that's the first thing they've gotten in a couple of weeks matters a heck of a lot more than it being repeated at the same time every week, every Friday or Thursday in a bunch of other announcements as well. And the the dilution, how diluted communication has gotten is why people, you go to church and you, you've done everything, you've posted it, you've written it in the sky with an airplane, you've done everything, and people still say, I never know what's going on here, you all don't communicate. <laughs> That's because the communication has been diluted, not because it's poor, but because it's just um, surrounded by too many other things. So it's interesting that you bring up the email because as I was thinking about like the inbox being more flooded than it ever, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, the emails can tend to be like the email content itself. Like instead yeah. of sending out one email about this one thing that I want my church to know, I'm going to send yep. an email with everything that everybody that works or volunteers in the church wants somebody to know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. without having that targeted communication, you're just yeah. telling all the things to all the people instead of just the people that want to know, need to know the information. Yeah. So that's yeah. like a double saturation there. Yeah. We're overperforming. We could use to just take a deep breath and stop doing so many things. And I know that's a stressful message, actually. I know that some of you listening have just started to sweat a little bit, but it truly could go a long way. Yeah. And I think that the way that we have gone about communication has adapted to the pandemic, right? We made a lot of changes for the uh, online space or just not being able to gather in person. And then when things got back to normal, some of our communication got back to normal. We got kind of back into that rut of this is how we've always done it pre-COVID. So this is the way that we're going to continue to do it now. But what we see is that the way that we implement how we communicate or how we connect with people needs to change over time. And it has changed over time. But I think key to that and maybe core to that is that there are still some underlying principles 
that remain the same, right? What do you think some of those foundational principles are? What are those things that don't change? The way we implement them may change over time, but the the key you know, foundational elements, just they always remain the same in how we communicate. I think it boils down to clarity and connection. I can't think of an era pre-digital, digital, pandemic, not pandemic. I cannot think of an era where clarity and connection have not been the core principles of really good communication. And when I say connection, sure, I mean connection between people. I also, though, mean connection between people and action. So calls to action have literally always been the point of really good communication, or at least the type of communication that we're talking about. And I think in some seasons, certainly very recently, uh, we've confused like clarity and connection has kind of become clutter and competition. So more, 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 louder, 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 louder. We want to look more like this church. We want to be better than this organization and how we communicate these things. We want to be bigger. We want to beat the algorithm. Clutter and competition are not the pillars of really good communication. Clarity and connection are and will always be. And and I don't think you can have all of them at one time. You can't be clear and also cluttered. And you can't be competitive and also connecting people in the right kind of gospel-centered way, certainly in church communication. I'm pretty confident I won't go back on that someday. (laughs) As you were saying that, I was thinking about like that connecting, not only like connect people to the call to action so they will actually do it, you know, like making sure the the post itself points people to the call to action. So that's one way to connect. But then you talked about connecting people just like in like how are we connecting with people? And I think one of the ways we break through the break through the noise, and I know that you agree because this is something I've seen you talk about in other areas, is in a space, especially in in emails and social media and things like that, where it's all about there's a disconnection, there's disgruntled, there's, you know, dividing in a place where we show up with empathy is, I think, something that would stand out. So can you talk a little bit more about the message of using empathy and, or the, the process of using empathy in your message just a little bit? I know we're, I know that's not on our list, Brian, but I just wanted her to give her a little chance. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll say something about it and then give you actually a really, really practical, like do it tomorrow, kind of a, a shift you can be making, particularly in social media strategy. Empathy, I think, comes across as a very like mushy, fuzzy, lovey word um, to some people. But empathy is essential in creating clar- clarity as well as connection. What you need to say to get a message across to somebody varies based on who you're talking to. If you're making a post for parents, you're going to use a different tone than if you're making a post for middle schoolers. (laughs) You need to be able to understand what it feels like to be in the shoes of the people that you're speaking to. You need to understand what their pain points are, what their fears are, curiosity. We walk through, uh, all our clients walk through a sort of analysis of what are the barriers of entry to the people that are in this community to, to, to showing up at church? Is it because they're too busy? Is it because they're disillusioned with the church? Is it because, is it because, is it because? 
And if you tell me that people don't show up to your church because they're too busy, because all of their kids are high achieving and at soccer games and there's too much to do, you better be filtering everything you post or send through the lens of a person that has no time to do what you're asking them to do. And they're not looking for another event to go to. If you're going to get them to show up to something, there's got to be a different value than just, it's happening. Because <laughs> there's a lot of things that are happening. And I think, I think that we make the mistake, especially as like the church staff people, things that are important to us as folks who've decided to be in lifelong ministry and vocational ministry are not the same things that are important to the people that we are trying to compel with the gospel. And we forget that. So we start talking to ourselves. We start talking about like how great it's going to be to see a whole church serving together. And that does feel great to us inside. But what is each individual person going to get out of that service day? If you don't speak to that individual win, no one's going to show up to it. They don't care what the social media post is going to look like when you say 100% of our people served. They're going to want to know what life was changed that day and what they're going to gain specifically. And we forget that. When we get tired, we just talk to ourselves in a cycle. And then everyone's messages look exactly the same because it's a whole bunch of church people talking to a whole bunch of church people and not actually reaching outside that bubble. I think that stories, personal stories, can be a really great anchor point for making sure your communication is connecting people to people and and clearly articulating an empathetic message to something that we think is going to be good for them. I see way too many churches um, posting pictures of giant auditoriums full of people with a teeny tiny little pastor, like really far away. <laughs> look at our great space. Look at how big our space is, you know, or it's a picture of the church from the outside. Look at our building. Great. <laughs> Show me faces of volunteers. Show me tearful um, congregants hugging each other after a service. Tell me a story of someone who didn't feel like they belonged anywhere until they connected with their small group and actually started to feel like they belong in a group. I don't really think facilities will ever sell. I don't think anyone needs to see your lights or needs to see your drum kit as much as they need to see the eyes of someone whose life has been changed by Jesus and how your church has been a place that has allowed that to happen. We, we will all agree that the church is not a place. The church is not a building. The church is something much different than that. And yet we message ourselves as buildings a whole lot of the time. <laughs> so focus on stories and people. Make sure you can see their eyes in the picture and they're not teeny tiny little figures in the, in the background. And that can go a long way. I can go a long way. People crave that. But it all starts with knowing your audience, yes. right? Like <laughs> we talk about that all the time around here. You have to know who you're trying to communicate with or connect with. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you don't, then that's where you need to start. And exactly. this is really how you take that to the next level. Um, exactly. But it all starts with knowing your people and knowing how to connect with them. So I love that. And I think you said it much more eloquently, much more <laughs> structured and thought through than I can or I ever have. <laughs> So I appreciate that. As we kind of wrap up our conversation today, one thing that we ask every guest on the episode as we wrap up our conversations is, what is one encouraging word? What's one idea for anyone that you'd like to leave with anyone watching or listening today? Operating under the assumption that a lot of people <coughs> listening are 
church communication folks. There are people in it, on the ground. My encouraging word for you is that, number one, you're not alone. And if you're rolling your eyes listening to that because you are a one-person department, you are not alone. (laughs) There are literally millions of church communication professionals out there who are struggling with the exact same frustrations as you. The no one ever communicates anything. I never know where to find stuff where, you know, it's your blood, sweat and tears that are going into making sure people know you are. Your role is built to live in that tension and hold things together. And that takes courage. It takes resilience. It takes persistence. It takes a very special kind of person. But you're not alone, um, no matter how much it feels that way. Personally, we work with dozens and dozens and dozens um, churches and church communication professionals a year with Chem and Co. And I, I promise you, we've like done the math. This is a hard position to be in and you can do it. And if you ever need any support, you can reach out. <laughs> so we actually, we offer free, you know, 30 minute consult calls and just love connecting with church leaders and communications professionals across the nation. Is it okay if I share our website? Yeah, my next question was going to be, how do people connect with you? So go for it. So if you go to kemmeyer.com, that's K-E-M-M-E-Y-E-R.com, you'll find a bright orange button that says let's chat. And if you fill out that form, again, we offer free 30 minute consults with folks and be happy to sort of iterate or commiserate and remind you of that encouragement in real time if that's helpful to you. You're doing good work, it matters, and you're not alone. Thank you, Amy. Your conversation, our conversation today has been so encouraging even for me. So thank you for taking the time today. Awesome, you bet. Nice to meet you all. Uh, Thank you so much. And as Amy said, as she was wrapping up her part of the conversation, that you are not alone. And one thing to just kind of reiterate this, uh, tomorrow I'm leading a one-day church communications workshop in Michigan. I'll be meeting with a couple dozen church communicators and really focusing on connecting with one another because you are not alone. So if you're in the area, I would love for you to still join us tomorrow, Wednesday, November 9th. But if you're not in the area, I would love to hear from you. Would you take a moment today and pray for the group that's gathering tomorrow? And when you do pray, can you send me an email and let me know? You can email info at churchjuice.com. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your support. Thanks for listening to the Church Juice Podcast. On next week's episode, we're talking about my favorite topic, social media. The Church Juice Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. You can learn more at churchjuice.com.